So I'm just going to put out a little disclaimer right now. There's a good chance that I'm going to go into fangirl mode during our interview today. You may be familiar with our next guest if you are one of the 15 million readers of her first novel on Wattpad. Any guesses? Allison Jervis is joining us today. I am so excited. Allison began writing at the age of five and gained recognition by posting her work on Wattpad starting in 2011. She was 16, and this was her novel in 27 days. She graduated from Colorado State University, Pueblo, with a degree in English and is still figuring out what else she'd like to do in life, which I think is the case for most of us. (laughs) As for now, she plans to keep writing, rereading Harry Potter, awesome idea, watching Supernatural and Law and Order, Special Victims Unit, and enjoying life with her husband and her two cats, Jane and Smoke and soon to be new member of the family, I think, as well. Her next novel, The Silence Between Us, is already available for pre-order and will be officially released August 13th of this year. So really, really soon. We are so excited to hear more about that today. Welcome to the show, Allison. Yeah, thanks so much for inviting me on. I'm, I'm super excited to talk to you guys. In order to help us get to know you a little better, we're going to be asking you some rapid-fire would-you-rather questions. No explanations are needed, but listeners are welcome to contact us after if they're just dying to know more. So let's get started. Okay. Number one is, would you rather be a speed, super speed typer or a super speed reader? Uh, Super speed reader. Nice. Never get angry or never be envious. Never be envious for sure. Have the inability to read or the inability to speak. Um, since I know sign language, I can communicate without speaking. So I'll go have the inability to read. Awesome. Would you rather sing karaoke or fall in front of your idol? Uh, fall in front of my idol because I can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> Meet your favorite author or your favorite literary character for lunch. Uh, Meet my favorite author, whoever that is, depending on the day. (laughs) (laughs) Totally relatable. Who is your favorite author right now? I need to know. Oh, my goodness. I know Um, I put you on the spot. You did, and I can't come up with any of my head. No worries. We can come back if you have someone. Yeah. I'm going to go with Stephanie Morrill um, because she wrote this book called Within Within These Lines. Um, And it's a historical fiction piece about World War II and Japanese internment camps. And that was the first book I've stayed up late, you know, reading into the night to finish in years. And that is something very special. So I'm going to go with Stephanie Morrill. Which is a fantastic answer because we might have Stephanie coming at some point in the near future. And I've been reading, yeah, <laughs> and I've been reading her book, that one exactly, um, and yeah, falling in love with it. And I don't usually read historical fiction, but yeah, the characters are just pulling me in, but I'm only in the first third, so you can't give it away. <laughs> okay, I will, I promise. That's amazing. So I want to hear about how you started in your writing journey, um, because I think it's such a unique way for young writers to have people start to read their um, stuff. And Wattpad is this really cool 
format for doing it. Um, can you share a little bit about your experiences with Wetpad for those who might not be as familiar? Yeah, I kind of stumbled across Wattpad one day in my sophomore year of high school. So I was about 15 at the time. And I'd already been writing, you know, little random stories throughout the years, but nothing that I seriously wanted to pursue, you know, actually creating a full length book, if you will, um, until that time. So I created an account and just kind of started posting chapters and kind of waited to see what happened. I was going to say, was this the case with In 27 Days as well, that you just started posting chapters one at a time? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. I had no idea where I was going with the story when I posted the first chapter. It just kind of happened one night, and then I just ran with it. That is amazing, because to me, it seems like a story that had so much like outlining almost in the way that you had everything come together in the end, which I won't talk about here because I don't want to give anything oh away. Oh my goodness. I can tell you that was <laughs> not the case. There was no outline whatsoever. That's why it took me four years to like actually write and work through to right. the finished product. Oh, well, it felt like you did. So you pulled it off. Amazing. Well, yay. I'm glad. <laughs> 16-year-old me had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> no, it was so good. So, so good. Was it scary to put your words out there at such a young age? Oh, for sure. I've always been really weird about um, my writing, and I've always been pretty secretive. Um, I didn't let my parents read in 27 days until it was actually going to be published, and we had advanced reader copies of it. So it had been on Wattpad for years, and I made them promise never to read it. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> So it was definitely scary, but it's a lot easier to kind of hide behind a laptop and a keyboard rather than being face to face with the person like with my parents. Um, So in that way, you get a little bit of anonymity that I think helps if you're really shy, like I was at the time. How do your parents feel about it now having read it and seeing where you're going with that journey? Um, They are very happy for me. I think they always knew I was going to do things with writing, but that's just kind of cemented it for them. And so they're always supportive, but also trying to, you know, keep me like grounded. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Because, Absolutely, you know, yeah. The publishing process takes so long and, and things can change at the drop of a hat. So when we first started going through the contract phase and everything, my mom was like, well, you know, it may not work out in the end. Let's just, you know, stay realistic here. <laughs> um, so that helps. Yeah. Oh, that's great. At this point in time, though, um, would you say that they're one of your biggest supporters? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. My entire family and then my husband's family, too. They're very supportive. And my father-in-law tells me he likes to brag about me all the time. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. Now, you said you were 16 when you started writing? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I was a junior in high school. And how did the ideas then come to you? Because you're dealing with some pretty dark themes, um, heavy themes, um, with suicide and death. Um, so as a 16-year-old, um, was there experiences that you had that made you want to write about that? Or what led you to decide that this was the story you wanted to tell? Yeah, so the I guess you could say the original idea for the story, like I, I have no idea where that came from. 
Um, <laughs> I was um, flying home from a youth conference one night and I asked the person sitting next to me on the plane, hey, can I have a pen and a piece of paper? And they gave me it and I started writing the first chapter. So that's how that happened. Um, but as far as experiences in my own life that kind of influenced the story, um, I was diagnosed with depression when I was 13 uh, and going into high school. So that was a pretty awful time and mm-hmm. I was in counseling and trying to figure out, you know, a right um, medication regimen of antidepressants and that took a couple months so it was a a really rough time period and writing has always been my kind of of release I guess you could say my escape from reality it's you know it's a very cathartic experience and it's Mm -hmm. pretty much at some points you know the one thing in my life that I control is this world you get to create when you're writing Um, and so that's kind of what in 27 days became for me just Mm -hmm. kind of like my own mental health healing kind of regimen, I guess you could say. Oh, absolutely. And I completely resonate with that. And I think that Becca would as well, because both of us have gone through periods of mental health and writing was exactly that, like that, that that cathartic sort of opportunity for you to get your emotions out and tell a story and remove yourself from the world in a certain degree. And yeah, it's, you can see though that within that story you wrestled through some really tough emotional situations and amazing yeah (laughs) I'm so impressed well thank you (laughs) how do you think you've grown since completing in 27 days both as a writer and as a person who is um, working through sort of mental health and um, being confident in who you are today yeah I think I mean for obviously I'm 23 now and so that's a bit of time has passed since I was in high school and and figuring out what I wanted to do within 27 days and so I have a bit more life experience under my belt now I guess you could say I graduated from college got married um, we're expecting our first baby in December so that's a lot of stuff going on congratulations Congratulations. and I think as far as my writing style goes I think I mean, it's, it's hard to critique your own writing because you're reading it all the time. And so everything looks the same to you, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you were to ask my mom, for example, she would say that she likes my second book that's coming out soon more than my first because she sees more of myself in it. And I guess m- my writing style has changed mm-hmm. and kind of grown with me. Um, so that would be the only way that I can tell. <laughs> uh, I think when you um, have people notice that your writing is... Um, maturing as well as you grow then that's a good sign because you don't want to be stagnant as a writer um, and that is so exciting for us as people who love the first book to know that the, the second one um, you're having already such good praise oh yeah <laughs> I sure hope so <laughs> touching on the second book what inspired your idea for the silence between us yeah uh, did you want me to talk a little bit about what the story is about yeah, of course. Give us a little okay. insight onto what it is and what maybe um, ins- just kind of lighted the inspirational flames for that. Like, what was the first little inkling of thought that was like, oh, that'd make a great book. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so the story is about a girl named Maya who moves to Colorado and she's deaf and she starts her senior year of high school at a hearing school. So it's kind of her experiences. um, delving back into the hearing world since she lost her hearing and really figuring out what she wants to do in life and where she belongs. Um, 
And as far as the idea for the story goes, I kind of drew on my own experiences growing up with hearing loss and, you know, the bullying that comes with that, getting a hearing aid, doctor's visits, all that kind of stuff. But I also worked as a deaf services specialist um, for two years. And so I got to become really involved with the deaf community in my area. And I took sign language classes and I spent a lot of time doing advocacy work and things like that. And I mentioned to the deaf gathering one night that I used to go to um, that I wrote a book. And so they were pretty impressed with that. And they told me, hey, you should write a book for the deaf. And I thought, okay, well, what would that look like? And then a couple months later, we had the silence between us. Oh, my goodness. Well, I love that, too, because I was talking with a friend yesterday about underrepresented um, voices in YA, and she was telling me that as a person with hearing loss, she wanted to see more um, own voice work dealing with hearing loss. So when I knew we were interviewing you, I was so excited when I saw this book because I was like, yes, I think there needs to be more of that in YA. I'm so glad that you took that leap and created that. Oh, thanks. I mean, it's definitely nerve wracking. I don't think I've ever put so much of myself into a book before. So it was a new experience for me. And in a different way, if that makes sense. It's different writing own voices as opposed to something that you just are drawing inspiration from, from things that have happened in your own life, if that makes sense. Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. And do you see parts of yourself in Maya and what aspects of her are different? Uh, I do and I don't. I mean, we share hearing loss, but that's kind of the major similarity. But at the same time, she's a lot more outspoken and spunky and braver than I think I am. Um, She's not afraid to call people out on their (laughs) biases. And I'm a little more reserved and I kind of keep quiet. And then I just vent to my husband later, like after the class. (laughs) So I don't know. I I wish I could have had her confidence when I was in high school, but sadly I was not (laughs) that well off. Yeah, someone in high school, finishing up high school currently, I totally get what you mean with the confidence. You know, it's it's hard during those years. But you include ASL within your writing and use a very unique way of writing it. Can you share how you did this? Yeah, so I decided to portray ASL not as kind of spoken dialogue within quotation marks, but as an all capital letters, which is what you might find when you're looking through an ASL textbook or online. Um, And it was important for me to have readers remember that they're reading a conversation that's not taking place in English, but in sign language. Mm. And my concern was that if we were just popping quotation marks around them, that the reader was going to forget, oh yeah, they're supposed to be signing. Um, And that just seemed like for me, when I was writing the kind of natural way that I wanted to portray sign language. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. I took sign language, I think a year, a few years ago. I was very interested in that. I do remember what you just said, like it's all in capitals. And that's very interesting because when I was reading your synopsis for the book, I was like, oh, how does she do that? Like, how does she create, how does she make someone speaking that's using their hands? Like that is so interesting to me. So I'm glad to have that question ticked off. Um, if you could use one word to describe the silence between us, what would it be and why? That's a really tough question. Of course, I'd want to say like, it's amazing and fantastic, (laughs) but I'm a little biased because I wrote the story. Um, but I'd like to say that it's hopeful. 
hopeful. I like that. I really yeah. like that. I could totally see that. The cover is beautiful, by the way. Oh, oh yeah, my goodness. Gorgeous. Yes. Can I blab about the cover for a second? Yes, please do. Yes. Please do. Okay. So Blink, um, my publisher, they asked me, hey, do you have any ideas or kind of inspirational art that you'd like us to consider while we're creating this cover? And so I found um, artwork by a very well-known deaf artist named Nancy Rourke. And, oh, cool. and her paintings are beautiful and amazing and so colorful. And so I compiled a bunch of artwork from her and I sent it off to Blink and said, hey, look at this you know, fantastic artwork from Nancy Rourke. And it turns out they ended up contacting Nancy and asked her to make the cover, um, which she agreed to. Hallelujah. I think it is amazing and beautiful. And she's just the sweetest, nicest person. I got the chance to meet her last year. Um, And I'm obsessed with the cover. So not only do we have representation of the deaf community in the book, but also on the cover. So I think that's really special. Can I just ask a quick question? With yes. the pre-order release graphic that you have on your website, is that also by Nancy? I No, I don't <laughs> believe so. I mean, if you follow her Instagram, I think she's in Europe right now. Yeah. I mean, she's she's pretty busy, so I feel honored she even took the time to, to design the cover oh, for yeah. me. Well, it's gorgeous as well. I was looking at that, and I'm like, I just want that, too. (laughs) Pre-order, and you can get it. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely I will. What is one thing that you wish readers to take away from The Silence Between Us? Again, that's another really tough question, because I think there's a lot of things I hope readers take away, um, because I think a lot of people don't realize that you know, the deaf community evolved to create their kind of own beautiful culture that kind of came from being separated from the rest of of society, just solely based on the fact that they couldn't hear. And I think that's something that needs to be shared more. Um, It's, it's an amazing thing to learn more about. Deaf culture is so beautiful and American Sign Language is amazing. And so I hope readers take away a new appreciation for that, something that they maybe didn't have much experience with before. That makes sense. Yeah, totally. I agree. It's a beautiful language. I was obsessed with it when I was like in middle middle school. And I would just like get book after book of teaching myself sign language because it is. It is a beautiful culture. It's a beautiful language. And I'm so glad that we have this book that represents it beautifully. Um, do you have a favorite author quote or any piece of advice for aspiring writers? Yeah, I kind of say this all the time, but I think it still holds true is that you really need to write for yourself. I mean, you have a story to tell, and so you should tell that story the way that you want to without the intention of getting published. I mean, even if that's Mm. something you want to do down the road one day, that's fantastic. Um, But don't worry about what's going to sell or what people will like. You just write the story that you have in your heart. And then the editors and the publishers and all that business, that comes later. So just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the writing experience before you have to do edits and everything. I love that. No, that's a great answer because I just had somebody ask me the other day, um, you know, how do you get published and what do you need to do to finish your story? And I, that's exactly the answer that I'd want them to hear. You just need to write for what you want to write and not worry about the end goal. And, you know, when you get there, that might be a possibility, but you have told a story that nobody else in the world can tell. And what an amazing gift, right? Just that. So I now have the honor of sharing a small excerpt from The Space Between Us. And this is your novel releasing August 13th. 
So very, very soon. This is from chapter one. I hadn't set foot inside a hearing school in almost five years, and yet here Mom and I were, sitting in our minivan in the parking lot at Engelman High School. A hearing school. We'd been waiting about 15 minutes, and not once had my heart stopped pounding out a painful rhythm in my chest. Mom reached over and tapped my knee, and I looked up from my lap where I'd been picking at a loose thread on my tie-dye t-shirt. She signed. Ready? I felt myself exhaling heavily. I was most certainly not ready, but it wasn't like I had much of a choice. Hearing school was definitely not my idea, but with the closest school for the deaf being over an hour away from our new home near Parker, Colorado, we weren't left with many options. Ready, I signed. Wait, not help me. Yet again, I found myself glad that American Sign Language was my preferred method of communication. It was short, sweet, to the point, and nowhere near as formal as English. I doubted I would have been able to string together any one sentence that would make an ounce of sense in English right then. Mom gave an overly bright smile as she unfastened her seatbelt and opened the car door. Don't worry. I saw her sign as I unbuckled my own seatbelt. It was kind of hard not to worry when I knew I was about to become the weird new girl with the interpreter following her around all day. Talk about making an impression. I'd never had to worry about an interpreter before, because at the Pratt School for the Deaf, the school I'd gone to back in Jersey, 90% of the staff were deaf or hard of hearing, and those that weren't knew ASL and could communicate effectively. At Engelman High, I was going to be the one and only deaf student, an honor I wasn't so sure I was ready to accept. I grabbed my backpack and hoisted it up on my shoulder as Mom locked the car, and we began the slow walk toward my certain doom. Okay, so maybe that was a bit dramatic, but the last time I'd gone to a hearing school, I'd actually been, you know, hearing. I'd gone to Pratt for so long and gotten used to being around deaf or HOH people, people who spoke my language, and now I was going to have to resort to lip reading and struggling to follow basic conversation. And then there was the matter of using my voice, which had me all but paralyzed with fear. I was oral because I'd lost my hearing long after I acquired basic language skills, but the issue was that I couldn't hear my own voice anymore. Using my voice was sometimes a knee-jerk reaction when I was around people who didn't sign, like the home health care nurses that used to come over a few times a week back in New Jersey to help take care of Connor while Mom was busy working as an associate with a company that specializes in harnessing wind energy. Even though there was nothing wrong with my voice, I hoped, using it was just downright weird. I couldn't hear myself speak, but I could feel the sound reverberating in my skull whenever I spoke. It was a sensation I wasn't all that fond of. Last Friday, Mom and I met with my new teachers, the principal, and the interpreter the school district arranged to accompany me to all my classes this year. And today, my interpreter would be the one introducing me to people, communicating with and voicing for me with teachers, and which was a surefire way to end up a social outcast by the final bell. The interpreter's name was Kathleen, 
She seemed nice enough, and she obviously enjoyed interpreting, given how much feeling she put into it, a big part of signing to begin with. No matter how nice she was, though, she was still a stranger. Mom put her hand on my shoulder as we approached the main entrance of the school and signed, Breathe. You fine here. I shrugged, biting my lower lip. There was no point in correcting her. Plus, my palms were starting to sweat because I was so nervous. And signing with sweaty palms was never fun. K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N. Nice, right? Mom signed before she held open the door for me. I know you will like her. Fine, I signed back, not wanting to press the issue. I hated fingerspelling long names, and I made a mental note to ask Kathleen what her sign name was. Sign names were typically representative of the individual, so I bet Kathleen's name had something to do with her flyaway red hair. My sign name was technically the sign for sweet, because apparently the deaf teacher who taught my first ASL class thought it was sweet when she gave it to me. I didn't think that applied so much anymore. (laughs) My given name, Maya, was a much better fit. But, Mom pressed, but hearing school... I signed, making a sweeping gesture around the school's lobby we were now standing in. Rows of faded red lockers lined the hallway on either side of the entrance. Straight ahead was the main office. A huge clock bolted to the wall above the door, displaying the time at 7.15, almost a half hour before school started. Not all hearing school's bad, Mom signed, giving me an earnest look. I think you will like school here. Oh, this sounds so good already. And I completely feel for Maya, even though I'm way past high school, but just the anxiety she must be feeling walking into that school. I'm right there with her. And I will say I did um, check out Goodreads and you already have so many fabulous reviews, many of which were actually from um, young women from deaf culture. Yay. That makes me happy. Perfect. Okay, how can people find you online? Okay, perfect. I You can find me on Twitter, which is at Allie Jervis, so A-L-L-Y underscore Jervis, and then on Instagram, which is at author Allison Jervis, I believe. I hope so. <laughs> it's hard to keep track of social media. I know, and of right? course, Allison, yeah, AllisonJervis.com, and that's where you can pre-order my new book, buy your copy of In 27 Days, and get updates on everything that's coming out, like the new movie for In 27 Days. <gasps> what? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You didn't know? Yes. I didn't know that. <gasps> yes. We are currently in talks with a production company called Fezziwig. Um they are fantastic and great and really excited about the project. And I don't have anything more to share than that because I know nothing, um, <laughs> which is okay. That, you know, it is what it is, yeah. but yeah. So it's been optioned for film. Oh, that's wow. amazing. Congratulations. That is amazing. Thank you. I'm geeking out over here. I'm so I know. Excited. I know. <laughs> I can't wait to see like how they would cast Hadley and Archer. Like, I have images in my mind of who they are, so I need to see them now, and hopefully they get it right. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the tough part. I, I can't think of anyone who I'd, I'd want to play them off the top of my head, so maybe we'll get some 
kind of unknown actors out of the woodworks and yeah. see what happens. Awesome. Oh, it'd be funny because I can think of people right now, but I can't remember their names. But yes, we will have to have you back on when that comes out so that we can fangirl all over again about it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I'd be happy to, to come back. Oh, thank you so much, Allison. We have loved having you on. I can't wait to read The Silence Between Us. And I am so excited for your future. It sounds like there are so many amazing things coming your way. And um, yeah, it's just a pleasure being able to share that journey with you. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. This has been fantastic.